The reading is from Deuteronomy 31, from verse 1. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years in the year for cancelling debts during the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The Lord said to Moses, Now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting, where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. This is God's word. Well, you might think a little obscure, to turn to Deuteronomy 31, but uh, hopefully it'll make sense. And um, we're thinking, really, what do you do on the death of the irreplaceable leader? So let me pray, and then we'll look at this together. And great God and Fathers, we've sung already, uh, you are permanent when we are not. Uh, monarchs come and go, along with every mortal who rises and perishes, but you are the unchanging God who lives on. Father, thank you for that. Even as we commemorate and celebrate and give you great thanks for a life well lived in Queen Elizabeth, uh, would we look to the King Jesus uh, to give us great confidence in unsettling times, we pray. Amen. 
I don't know how many of you have been down to the palace or, or, or intend to do so a little afterwards. I'd say on Thursday night, it was pretty weird, as I say, just sort of stood at a red, stood, uh, sat on my bike at a red light and then watching the flag come down and sort of get off my bike. And it's sort of odd how you just want to embrace someone you've never met because it just feels like a moment when you want to do uh, such a thing. But of course, most people are just, you know, the flag comes down. What do most people do? Refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> uh, oh, it does. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Now, some, things, some of the truisms are obvious and, and, and correct, aren't they? It is a watershed moment in the life of this nation. There's a mixture of emotions that death brings. There is um, grief, thanks, perhaps relief that Charles has made a good start um, as king. It's a very strange thing when you morph from being a person with opinions to this thing called monarch that is just the embodiment of a nation and sort of isn't allowed to have opinions anymore. That is... A very strange transition. But of course, one of the emotions I think that the passing of the Queen brings is a certain dislocation, a, a certain bewilderment. Uh, I mean, you know this, but either the last time a monarch died, the Prime Minister was Winston Churchill. Now, that's a reassuring presence when you got the death of a monarch. You know, well, a man of flaws, of course, but still often voted greatest Britain, and he had just led or recently led the country through uh, a world war. There's a reassuring statesman. And um, Paulie's Truss, two days into her job, born 100 years after Winston Churchill, is not quite the same reassuring presence uh, uh, next door at number 10. But there's something about that longevity that just, the stats are just bewildering, aren't they? I mean, 94% of the world's population living today was born during her reign. That was the one that slightly blew, blew my mind. Uh, obviously, we get older in the West than the majority of the world. So 94% of the world's population born during her reign? Wow. That's a long time she's been queen. And I think we maybe feel, recognize that as a nation, we are a little bit diminished without her. Everyone wanted to meet the queen, world leaders, presidents. That gives the country a little value added. I don't know how many are in the, say, in the category of adored by Presidents Obama and Trump. I'm not sure how many people get the seal of approval of both those men, but everyone wanted to meet the Queen, just because of the life she'd lived, she made the UK more than we are. Symbolised, embodied, or many of the things and virtues that we view as best and noble about this country. And so that's in part why on Thursday night I thought we'd, I turned to Deuteronomy chapter 31. It is perhaps a little obscure, Yet it is the passing of Moses, the irreplaceable leader, and the succession plan. And with no disrespect at all, I think you'd have to say in the life of Israel, this is an infinitely greater loss than the queen is to us. Uh, the queen observed back in uh, 1957, one of the earlier Christmas broadcasts, uh, how limited she was as a constitutional monarch. She said, I cannot lead you into battle. I do not give you laws, I do not administer justice, but I can give you my heart and my devotion to these old islands and all the peoples 
of our brotherhood of nations. Well, of course, she's a constitutional monarch. She doesn't lead into battle or, or administer justice or give the law. Moses did all of those things, of course. He was the one. He had been the human leader who'd taken Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He defeated the military superpower of the day. He'd given the law. He may have only led Israel for 40 years, but he'd been everything to them. He was about to die, and you get four chapters in the book of Deuteronomy all about what do we do now? <laughs> what do we do now? We haven't got Moses, for goodness sake. And uh, the whole book is his last sermon before dying. So what you have here is Moses is dead or about to die. And Joshua takes over. Oh, well, it's not as good anymore, is it? And so in some senses, it seemed like a sensible place to turn. Or to put it another way, I don't think I'll be summoned. But were Charles to want a quick sermon from uh, a pleb uh, who's unknown, this wouldn't be a bad place to turn. Uh, to say, okay, on the death of an irreplaceable monarch, because you are not going to reign for 70 years, Charles, and receive the adulation that she did. But here's what you need to know. Here's what all of us need to know. The Lord himself will be with you, and his word will be with you. With familiar truths, if you're a Christian and been here for many years. But familiar truths are what we need to hear quite often. Let me briefly comment then. The Lord himself will be with you and his word will be with you. First, in the first six verses, the, the Lord himself will be with you. So Moses, Moses, this, this absolutely dominant leader, uh, verse 1, he went out and spoke these words to the whole country. I am now 120 years old. Now that's a good innings. And I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you will not cross the Jordan. Oh, but it's okay. Because verse 3 the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He'll destroy these nations before you. You'll take possession of the land and Joshua will cross over ahead of you as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to these other kings. The Lord will deliver you. The Lord will give you this land. Now, tangent. This is a completely unique point in human history. Uh, Israel was God's chosen nation in a way no country before or since has ever been. They're about to go and inherit this homeland. They're about to uh, face insurmountable odds against them, these vast armies of the Canaanites who are despicable, disgusting, abhorrent nations, sacrificed their children. That They need to know that God is with them. That's what they needed to know. Even though it's a unique, unique moment in history, that's what the people there needed to know. But Christians who live in a different era in the New Testament need to know Jesus' final recorded words in the book of Matthew. You go and make disciples of all nations. And surely I am with you. Always. To the very end of the age. Jesus is with his church and his people as they go about the task of making disciples. And his presence with us this is a simple truth, but in unsettling moments, it matters enormously. God is with us. God is for us. Here on Wednesday night, we looked at Psalm 46. God is our strength and refuge and ever-present help in trouble. Extraordinary. Though the mountains fall into the sea and the earth give way, he's with us, ever-present, Strength and refuge. See, one of the things people um, keep talking on about is the, the constancy of the queen. 
you know, as the BBC runs out of things to say and then says, well, let's ask the crowd what they think. Uh, and the crowd says, well, they're all the same things. Uh, well, she's just always been there, hasn't she? You know, she's been around for ages. Oh, she was lovely. Um, but, all that, but she's just been around for ages, that sort of constant presence. Well, 70 years is a long time. It's not eternity. I mean, what's it's how much more? Certainly, if you're a Christian, would you be able to say, the reassurance of the constant presence of God from age to age he stands. Time is in his hands. He's the everlasting one. That is comforting. That is enormously comforting. One of the reasons we love the Queen's Christian mes Christmas messages is because um, she keep referring to that. She knew that God was with her. It was a source of strength and comfort, encouragement to her. So um, I think the little video had this one, but 2002, maybe put it up again, Febby. Christmas 2002, very explicit. I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give her my best in all that the day brings and to put my trust in God. I draw strength from the message of hope in the Christian gospel. Again, as Petty Dura observed, but also reinvention uh, about what shaped, encouraged, kept the Queen going. If you're a Christian, you find yourself in a conversation the next week or so. Oh, the Queen was wonderful, wasn't she? Oh, such a servant. Why do you think that was? It'd be a good question to ask. It's because she was Christian. Oh, you would say that. No, no, she, she said that. Like we were talking earlier, one of the great ironies, the, um, she is rightly lauded at the moment for her constancy, yes, her service, humility, self-effacing, didn't talk about herself too much. She was a servant, and she's viewed as great. Go figure. It's almost as if the Bible is true. It's almost as if the shape of the gospel is appreciated somehow, deep down. The one who serves and gives themselves is great because she knew Jesus and was shaped by him. So look, while you and me, we may find the next period a little bewildering. There isn't a dominant figure. There isn't a Churchill to help us grieve uh, or, or a defining figure on the stage. Christians know the same king that the queen did. God is with you. Jesus is with us, and the best of leaders can only point us to him. And if you do know that, well, verse 6, you'll be strong and courageous. You don't need to be fearful, afraid, or terrified. Again, the New Testament will quote that truth. Hebrews 13 will just say, look, every Christian needs to know that. God is with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Never leave you nor forsake you. It's just such a significant truth. This week, as your windscreen wipers have to turn back on by Tuesday, I think, as it becomes torrential again, as they go back and forth, maybe you think that, I never leave you, nor forsake you, never leave you, nor forsake you, says the Lord, never leave you, nor forsake you, never leave you. I'm going to keep going until you just, when your windscreen wipers come on. You need to know that. So look, there's one thing we need to know. Oh, and as we pray for the next leader, well, we must do that. Poor Joshua, trying to step into verse 7, trying to step into Moses' shoes. He needed to know precisely the same truth as everyone else. 
So Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, be strong and courageous. You must go into this land with this people the Lord has given you. And verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you. He'll be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never leave you nor forsake you. So we must pray that Charles knows that even more deeply. I mean, I think along with most people, he seems to have made a remarkable start. <laughs> I mean, I just think the weirdness of going, even as he sort of said on Friday night, I've got to, I leave aside my own causes, I leave aside my own opinions, I now become this thing called monarch that isn't allowed to have opinions, that has a constitutional role. That's just what a, even if you've been preparing for it for 70 years, I think that's still pretty weird. As far as we know, he doesn't have the same personal confidence in Jesus, although we shall see, and there's still time. But despite that, it's okay. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. And his word is with you too, uh, very briefly. Uh, verses 9 to 13. Moses writes down this law. What is it? It's certainly the whole of Deuteronomy. I think it's probably the whole of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Now, verses 9 to 13, very briefly, it, it sort of interjects a little bit. There'd be a very natural flow in this passage to go from verse 8. He's talking to Joshua, verse 14. He's still talking to Joshua. Verses 9 to 13 are sort of crowbarred in. But that's not how the Bible works, of course. It's here because God's word, the law, that is what Joshua will need. That is what will shape him as the next leader. It's what you and I need. Uh, Moses says, Look, make sure you read it uh, cover to cover uh, in front of everyone at least every seven years in the context of celebration when the whole nation has gathered, including children who've never heard it before. There is a sense in which Moses is not replaced by Joshua. He's replaced by the word of God. He's replaced by the law, a written document. And Israel will always have that with him, with them. Now, so what for you and for me? Well, come the coronation, and we're told it's going to come around a little faster than the Queen's. Probably they want to get it done in six months. But come the coronation, presumably there's going to be a few differences uh, to last time round. I imagine Charles will be less bored than he was. Uh, if you've seen the footage of him yawning away uh, at the last coronation, I think he'll be a little more attentive. It'll probably be a little shorter as well than three hours. Seems a bit, um, a bit excessive. Um, who knows if they'll still say the, say the same words about the scriptures, which uh, I've shared these with some of you before. It was extraordinary in 1953 what was said. Uh, as it is, she's, the queen then was given a Bible. Maybe it'll be the same with Charles. We shall see. But uh, this is declared. A gracious queen, or perhaps king, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the Bible, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. That is extraordinary. So back in 1953, in this country, 27 million people crowded round tellies that had been bought the day before. Uh, in uh, flickering black and white as everyone had broken the piggy banks to buy a telly to watch this novel thing. Um, I imagine more will, watch the more will watch the coronation of King Charles III. And I think probably they'll hear still those same words. The most valuable thing that this world affords. This is it. 
You can lose the queen's collection of art and paintings. You can give away the crown jewels. But for goodness sake, don't give up on this. It's the most valuable thing. We're told in Deuteronomy 31 that the, the benefit of listening to the word of God is it's verses 12 and 13, that the people would learn to fear or revere the Lord your God and follow carefully. There's the key to being strong and courageous and not being fearful of circumstances or whatever may assail you in life. Read the word of God. Remember, remind yourself of who is with you. It's the most valuable thing that this world affords. As I say, the last four chapters are really all about the death of uh, Moses. The book ends, Deuteronomy 34, describing his death. We're told the Israelites grieved for Moses for 30 days. Since then, no prophet is risen in Israel like Moses. No one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. Well, you might feel the same. We'll never see the like of her again. I've seen that from members of the public dozens of times on the telly in the last few days. We'll never see her like again. It'll never be the same. Well, I don't think anyone alive today is going to see a queen again, not with the succession as it looks like. So, yes, I guess that's true. It'll, we'll never see her like as monarch again, probably. But as Christians, while the loss of Queen Elizabeth, it's a loss. It's a real loss. Personally, she seemed delightful. In her role, she did a great job. As a nation, we're less without her. But as Christians, we know that the Lord Jesus is with us. His word is with us. And therefore, what we need in uncertain times, unsettling times, strange times, we have everything that we need. It's a widow, greatly unsettled, even though we may grieve and mourn the loss of a great one, I think. But of course, one thing we don't grieve is for her. Because she has gone to be with her king. No more Christmas messages from um, Queen Elizabeth. So what we have in 2021 was the last one. And she concluded that one. Jesus' teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. As the carol says, which it then went to on the screen, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. That's the last Christmas message we have from her. So she knew Jesus was with her. She had the scriptures. She could be strong and courageous. And if anyone says, well, she was, good. she was great, wasn't she? Why do you think she, that was? What do you think shaped her? And already I've heard of the radio. Oh, it was her time in the army shaped her service, her desire to serve. It's not what she said. I mean, if you want to rightly honor her, you at least have to acknowledge what she thought and believed. She was one who trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we will see her again, if you're also one who trusts in him. So plenty of time to find out what she thought of presidents, prime ministers, family.
plenty of time to find that out. She might even tell you, who knows? We probably won't care because we'll all be gathered around the king. Let me lead us in prayer. Our great God and Father, we continue to give you thanks for the life of Queen Elizabeth, for the way that she served this nation for many, many years. We uh, thank you that she herself was one who trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know, I mean, of course, the family are deeply private and appropriately so. We don't know where all of her children or grandchildren stand before you. We assuredly can say that her longing would be that they, at this time, would grieve her, but know that she's gone to be with you and would know that hope personally for themselves. So, Father, would we also know that uh, the Lord Jesus is with us always to the very end of this age, that his word is with us, and therefore we have all that we need to be strong and courageous. And thank you that our former queen was one who pointed us to Christ. We praise you in his name. Amen.